Hey everybody, welcome to the Logos Uncovered. I'm Doug Brown, joined by Andrew Whitman of GetWarriorTough.com. How's it going, man? Good, buddy. You? I'm doing great, dude. How everybody else out there is doing well. And um, as we march along to episode 14. Holy smokes. I know. We just keep having fun, man. The good times just keep on rolling and, and we're covering a lot of a lot of good stuff. Um, we spent most of the last episode talking about how fear... And love are actually opposites. It, 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 the I think the common, commonly beheld belief by by many folks is if you're in fear, then you're not in faith. Fear is the opposite of faith. We disproved that. That d- discussed how fear is actually uses faith. It just points it. Your focus is in the other direction. You're believing right. for for all the bad things, and uh, versus um, if you're in love, you're believing for you know, good things and um, things like that. So that was uh, that was cool to recap that. Um, and we talked about the fear of the Lord and really got into the de- the, the, the nitty-gritty of what that is and, and looked at all the different, um, just how there's like, what, 17, just in Proverbs alone, 17 references to the fear of the Lord and how we, you talked about how the uh, human mind is kind of geared towards one of two directions, either towards pleasure and love or to avoid fear and pain. And um, it's cool how he designed us to kind of work for both, right? Because, right. Yeah, based on maybe where you're at or what kind of where you are in the growth he cycle. He always meets you where you're at, and, mm-hmm. I'm just, and th- that's the beauty of it. He'll reach down to wherever you're at, and then as you grow and mature, you know, then every, we do everything for, we do is for selfish reasons. So God used taps into those selfish reasons to get us right. on board, and then pretty soon our selfish reasons line up with with him, yeah, whatever his yeah. reasons are, like that's so it's cool that you can start wherever you're at. Well, the other thing was neat is you just look at the amount of resistance you're going to encounter going towards love and good, it's, it's like climbing uphill, right? Um, and so some people may be geared to do that, but you mentioned you made the point of the whole like love, love God with all your heart and all your strength, like that. What is that? What is that? How, how do you, yeah, really, it's hard to find hard that to sometimes, kind yeah. of conceptualize that, but you can definitely. Look at things on the evil list, and 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 hate those. Avoid those and yeah. hate them, and want to go. The, yeah, that that may right. be a little easier to kind of get to get started. So, right. Um, anyway, two pass. Pick one. Whichever way you're at, just head for, just head for the covenant. Head, either way, however covenant. you get there. So yeah, and what we're transitioning today is um, and good segue by the way is is we're transitioning really towards the mindset of um, of of fear in the mindset of love and. The mindset of fear is rooted in the the concept of scarcity, right? And yeah, we're running out. I gotta go get you know. Yeah, yeah. Like when toilet paper was scarce, everybody's hoarding it. Right. When it's in abundance, no one cares. Nobody cares. And so abundance kind of being the mindset of of love. Um, where should we start from this? This is there's a lot of different. Well, I kind of feel go, like right? if you just start out like super practical again, right? Because that's what we like. Yeah. To do. You ever been at Thanksgiving, Doug, where you're like you overeat? Oh yeah, you ate too much, and you had to unlike undo the you know the stretchomatic <laughs> waistband on your khakis, or you might even pre you know premeditatedly wore sweatpants. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? That's always a right. disaster waiting right. to happen. And then you're like, oh, now that's abundance. Are you thinking? Are you scared that there isn't any food in the pantry? 
No. Are you even thinking you about any food? You're not th- food. right. You're because de- you're so full. Yeah. That you don't care. Right. So this is the same thing with money, love, any of these things. When you're full, like Thanksgiving dinner, that's abundance. You're not looking for the next meal. But if food is scarce, right? You're you're you know, and there's only like one can of beans in the you know, and that's all we have. Yeah. Right. You're rationing it out, and you know you're so. Then you know, we're, we might not get more. Like the, the reason that you you live in this mindset is that you think they're running out of anything. Like I always told the kids, right, when they were little, like Fruity Pebbles is a big one in our house, mm-hmm. right? We love the Fruity Pebbles. And in the Marine Corps, too, man. <laughs> is that you right? want to see Marines fight. Grow Marine. Like put the little mini boxes of Fruity Pebbles oh, yeah. at the chow hall, and some yeah. guy will take like four of them, and somebody now like, you took the last four. And, you know, like, <laughs> listen, they're not running out of Fruity Pebbles. They make them every day. They're making more every day. Right. They're not, who ate the last cheesecake, piece of cheesecake? They make cheesecake every day. They're not running out. You know, if your house gets foreclosed on, relax, Francis. They make ho- they build houses every day and better than the one you lost. It's not like you can't get another one. Right, but we, in our mind, we think that this is all. So we go, we're holding it, yeah. holding it. Now, what, and when I was in Panama, interesting, was I uh, down in the Darien province when uh, we were doing our stuff down there with the Marine Corps. There was the natives down there, they would uh, eat monkey. Mm. Yeah, because that's the only meat, yeah. right? So they would, you know. They're probably abundant. Right? They are, they're everywhere. <laughs> they're like, you know, they're like rats, really. They're everywhere. Yeah. So this is how they would capture a monkey. They would take a milk jug, tie a string around the handle, and put a banana in there. So the monkey would reach his hand down, grab the banana. While he had the banana in his hand, he couldn't, his fist was too big to come outside the jar. The, the, the top of the thing. And so he'd be pulling, but he would not let go with the banana. Like, it's the only banana in the jungle, and here they come, and they're going to knock it on the back of the head to eat it for dinner. And, it, and the monkey knows, and he's screaming like, bah, 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 just going nuts, but will not let go of the banana. Huh. All he had to do is drop the banana, and he could be gone. And there's like more bananas up in the tree. Right there. Like, like, right like, up there. Seriously, but this is what people do <laughs> yeah. with that mindset. Like, yeah. this is the only banana. I can't let go of it. There's, there's scarcity, and they're not scarce, but in your mind, it's scarce. And it cost him his life. Mm. And that's what, I mean, most of us live our life like that. And, and listen, this is how they get us to make decisions. They, every marketing thing is there's like, this is a once in a lifetime, a limited time offer, while supplies last, this is a deal of a lifetime, this sale price is only for right now, right? Or we're running out, they're not making this anymore. The sto- how many t- when I was growing up, it was like a running joke. How many times this furniture store would go out of business? Every week they're having it going out <laughs> of business right. sale. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Because they're playing on that mindset of scarcity. That that's what gets you to, that's what gets you. And again, this is the same thing of fear, right? And, and uh, 95% of us do stuff out of fear, and only 5% of us do stuff out of approaching love, right? So, and a pleasure versus pain. That right. kind of, right? What's your driver? 95% of the population, you don't get up and move until the pain is so great or the fear of more pain is so great that you would get up and move. Mm-hmm. And that's what this, that's marketing is, right? So scarcity, 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 scarcity is driving the whole uh, experience of your life and you're probably not even aware of it. Yeah, it's a very powerful force. Driver, and yeah. It, and, it's in, and it's in everything we do in life. It, it is from, you know, where we get our coffee sometimes in the morning. Right. Right. Um to where we buy our clothes and cars and every decision that that we make, 
which filter is it going through? Like, yeah, what's is it driving abundance that or decision? scarcity? Right. So, it, and listen, I love. You should, if you're in the covenant, not only love abundance, but you should also know that who your God is and what his character is, and you'll never run out. It says that in Psalms, it said, I've never seen the righteous person, the, uh, the, the covenant person, begging bread. Mm. You'll never run out. You know, if you seek first the kingdom of God, everything else will be added unto you. Mm-hmm. Don't, I mean, listen, he said, don't even worry about what you're going to wear, what you're going to eat, what you, how you're going to pay your bills. They even the ha- hairs on your head are numbered. Like the birds totally fed by your father and he says and you're more valuable than many sparrows so so relax right and but just the reason you don't relax is because you don't know his character mm-hmm. which I find super interesting you mind if I jump off on a scripture real quick please do okay so you know like the, the Ten Commandments Charlton Heston and Yule Brenner you know yeah. the 15 oh no wait that was Mel Brooks <laughs> anyway so Charlton Heston is up on the you know and God and the burning bush and all yeah. that you remember that part I do Right, and he comes down and his beard's all white and he's got a great suntan. And all. Right. So this is this guy I want to jump up. It's like, look at this scripture, what's God telling him? And it's Exodus 6, right? And it's verse 1. It says, Now the Lord said unto Moses, Now thou shalt see what I shall do to Pharaoh. For with a strong hand he will let them go, and with a strong hand he will drive them out of his land. And God spake unto Moses and said to him, I am the Lord. And then watch what he says in verse 3. I appeared unto Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. This is all the covenant line. Right. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The covenant line. I appeared unto them by the name of God Almighty, but by my name Jehovah, I was not known to them. Jehovah means is that he's the, the Jehovah now he's showing up and this is where all the miracles happen part the Red Sea all the plagues this mm-hmm. is a mighty powerful God and it's all the miracles and the power Jehovah Yahweh I yeah. am that I am yeah before that the guys that started the covenant all the way up to now with Moses has been 400 years didn't know the name Jehovah they only knew the name God Almighty which in the Hebrew is El Shaddai okay what's that mean okay so El means God right in the Hebrew, whenever you see El, like My- Michael means one who is like God. Israel is a prince who has power with God. So okay. anytime you see the El, there's El God in God. there. Right. right. So, but Shaddai is derived from the Hebrew word Shad, meaning breasts, like a mother nursing a child. Interesting. So Shaddai means the all-bountiful, all-sufficient, multi-breasted one who nourishes and supplies you with more than enough. Wow. So El Shaddai, here's a, this is how God starts his covenant off. He says, I'm God Almighty. I'm the one who bountifully, sounds like abundance to me, mm. nourishes and supplies with more than enough, sounds like abundance to me. Mm-hmm. And interesting because when you look at it, when he shows, when God shows up to Abraham, he says, hey man, I'm going to make you rich. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm El Shaddai. I'm God Almighty, the multi-breasted <laughs> one that'll give you more than enough. That was bountiful. his elevator That was his elevator pitch. Yeah, his elevator pitch. Yeah. So I'll make you rich. Yeah. And Abraham's like, yeah, that's great, whatever. He's like, but uh, and I'll give you a kid, too. He's like, all right, I'm That's in. what he really wanted. Right. Yeah. But he got super-duper rich. Multiple, he, never yeah. worried, he never worried about scarcity. There was never any right. fear of lack. There was never any fear. Uh, it was always abundance, massive amounts of supply, massive amounts of uh, nourishment, massive amounts of abundance, and everything. 
be like your your freezer's stocked full of, or your refrigerator stocked full of beer. You're not running out. Right. Tons of steak in the freezer, not running out. This is who God said, this is how he introduces himself to man at the beginning of the covenant. I am God Almighty. I'm the God who's more than enough. I'll supply you with abundance. That's his character. These guys didn't even know miracles or anything other than I'm going to make you rich. You'll never have to worry about food. You'll never have to worry about having stuff. You'll never have to worry about paying your bills. You'll never have to worry about running out of anything that pertains to life here on earth. That's how God introduced himself. I get the feeling a lot of people don't know that. Probably not, man, but see, that's why once you understand his character. Mm-hmm. Cause I can see how like if you if you didn't know that about him, it'd be easy to blame him for things or think he's doing something to you or he wants certain. He's teaching you something by like oh no, you know, no yeah. it's like he's teaching you humility by having nothing. Yeah. No. He's the exact opposite. Right. Actually, actually, humility means that you're coachable and that you're a teachable spirit. Mm-hmm. And when he gives you stuff, it actually humbles you. The more that I, the more stuff that I get, I'm like, man, I just don't even deserve this. Right? God is so good to me. I don't deserve having a, this great of a life. It's actually humbling. Yeah. When his blessings pour out on us. Well, you look at too, like he he waited a long time. He he took a long time to find Abraham. He did. Right. It took him, it took and, then, a, and then, and then, like after Abraham and Isaac and all those guys, and and they stay in stay in Egypt, it took him how many hundred years to find Moses? Yeah, well, it was four hundred years before Moses showed up, and it was funny because Moses had to learn about the covenant from his father in law, who was Midianite, who was one of Abraham's other kids after yeah. Isaac. You know, in his old age, his Strom Thurmond. I, I know we're jumping around. Where did you want to? St- well, I want to go look at. Well, no, let's we'll look at Abraham. Yeah, because yeah. this is the beginning, right? It's sure. Genesis twelve and verse yeah. one. Now the Lord, that's El Shaddai, says to Abraham, get out of your country, get away from your family and your father's house into a land I'll show you, and I will make you a great nation. And I will bless you and make your name great, and I'll make you a blessing. And I will bless them that bless you and curse those that curse thee. And in all the families of the earth, you'll be blessed. Or the, all the families of the earth will be blessed because of you. And so Abraham departed. So this is what this, hey, this, I'm going to make you a great nation. You're going to be rich. You're going to be blessed. Anybody that comes against you, they're going to get cursed. Right? So, and it's funny because in the church now, we kind of, we feel, this is so weird, Doug, but you tell me if I'm wrong. Mm. And I know you won't mind telling me if I'm wrong. <laughs> when I was growing up, it was like, the only stuff that we believed in the Old Testament was the thou shalt nots. We never believed any of the riches, honor, and life. Yeah. Like, that's not for us, but the thou shalt not, you know, you don't cuss, drink, smoke, or chew, or grow those dudes. We keep that part of the Old Testament. Maybe I wasn't paying attention. I didn't know that stuff even existed. Right. They, we, <laughs> we act like it doesn't exist. The only yeah. thing we know in the Old Testament is thou shalt not. Yeah. What I just read you was that the almighty, super multi-breasted one God, who is more than enough and bountiful, will bless you, or Abraham, is going to bless and make him a great nation, make him rich. Anybody that blesses Abraham would be blessed, and everybody that would be cursed would be cursed. When I get to the New Testament, I find out, and this is like years after I've been brought up in church. No one ever told me. I looked at this, and I was like, wait a minute, is that right? That can't be right. I've never heard. I always thought that the stuff in the Old Testament was just the don't cuss, drink, smoke, and yeah. chew. Does do, yeah. Not that you would have a life full of riches and bounty and abundance and ample and extra, and be in a position of honor. Right. Right. No one ever and told me health. that. Part. Yeah. 
Have yeah. health, right. Yeah. Long life. Never heard of that. So in Galatians 3, I'm doing my, you know, being a good little lad and having my morning devotionals. <laughs> of course. Checking my box. Right. When I read this, this is just crazy. I mean, so look in Galatians 3, and in verse 13, it says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the spirit of faith, through faith. Well, now, in verse 16, now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. And he said, not to seeds of the many, but to seeds of the one is Christ. And that I say that the covenant, which was confirmed of God in Christ, the law, which came 430 years after, cannot disannul or make it of none effect. But the blessings of Abraham would come on me just because I believed in Jesus? Wait a minute. Someone did. And the, what are the, and not only that, but Christ also redeemed me from curses, the curse of the law. Does cursing sound like scarcity or abundance to you? I'm going to go with scarcity on that one. Right. Like yeah. if, I cur if, if someone cursed my freezer yeah. and like the plug came out and everything thawed out and I lost yeah. it all. Nothing's there. Yeah, I don't yeah. have abundance anymore. Whatever right. I did had was gone. Right. Christ redeemed me from that. And oh, not only that, but the blessing that God gave Abraham, El Shaddai, the almighty, you know, super-breasted one that nourishes with abundance. Yeah. Yeah, that comes on me, too. That, that goes to me. Me, 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 you, 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 anybody that believes in Jesus, you get the same blessing that was on Abraham. Abundance. Yeah. I'll make you rich. Yeah. I'll make you a great nation. Hmm. Right? Right. It it is. It is mind blowing. It uh, So you you were you were in Exodus six and you went to Galatians three, you started in verse thirteen. Yeah. And that's cool. It's it's interesting how that that's linked together. Now you know? now I want to bring this up because if that's true, that all the blessings of Abraham come on you if you believe on Jesus. First off, what do those blessings look like? Right. Can we start there? Let's start there. Okay, so, yeah. so Deuteronomy 28 lists all the blessings. It also lists all the cursings, in case you wanted to know what that was. So Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, and then all the blessings come on. So I'm going to start with the curses of the law. Is that all right? Start with the bad stuff and win. Yeah, yeah, why right. not? So uh, Deuteronomy 28, and this is what Christ has redeemed us from. So if you believe on Jesus, you've been redeemed from all these things. So the opposite would be true. Okay. And then he goes on to say, oh, by the way, all the blessings also come on you because of Jesus. So not only reverse the curse, but you also get the blessings. Yeah. So I'm not just bringing you back to zero. But here's the, here's the curses. And it's in verse 16. Cursed you'll be in the city. Hmm. Seeing a lot of that going on right now. Uh -huh. Cursed you'll be in the field. That means you're, you know, if you're a farmer, there's a drought. Cursed you'll be in your basket and your store, right? My basket and my stores, my pantry and my fridge. Cursed you'd be in the fruit of your body, the fruit of your land, and in your flocks. They would die. So your business would go south because it was an agricultural business. You'd be cursed in your business. No matter what you did, it just didn't work right. Jesus redeemed us from that. Mm. 
cursed you'd be when you came in. <laughs> you come in from a long day at work and you get cursed. <laughs> then you go outside and stub your toe on the garage door. Um, you slam the garage door on your toe and then you'd be cursed when you're going out. And then it says, then the Lord will send, shall send upon you. It actually says in the, in the Hebrew that he'll allow this to come on you, leaving the Ponderosa. Cursing, vexation, rebuke, and everything that you set your hand to you'll be, will be cursed until you're destroyed. You'll perish quickly because of your wicked doings and you have forsaken me. See, because the curse of the law, like if you didn't keep the Ten Commandments, yeah, this would come on you. So this is what we're talking about. These are the things that would happen as a result of somebody not keeping the covenant through the law. Right. Right. So if you're trying to do your checklist, don't cuss, drink, smoke, or chew, or yeah. go out the zoo, and you're trying to do the good checklist, always come to church every, you know, mm -hmm. dime the doors open and feed the homeless. You're trying to keep the law. Yeah. The, all the, and if you don't keep it all, these curses come on you. Right. Jesus, when you believe on Jesus, he redeemed you from this. You'll be smitten with the consumption. Pestilence would cleave unto you. You know what the consumption is? Is uh, it's tuberculosis or any yeah. kind of respiratory virus. Dare I say? COVID. COVID. <laughs> Fever, inflammation, burn rate. So this all these things. Now let's read the blessings. I like the good Yeah, ones. let's do that. And the Lord God will set you high above all nations of the earth. And in verse 2, all these blessings will come on you and overtake you. They'll hunt you down. This is the blessings of Abraham. You'll hearken unto the voice of the Lord. That means I listen to the rhema. Remember we talked about mm -hmm. that in faith? That's the voice of the Lord. You're going to be blessed in the city and blessed in the field and blessed in the fruit of your body and the fruit of your ground and the fruit of your business, blessed in your basket, your store. Blessed coming in, blessed going out. The Lord shall cause your enemies that would rise up against you. One way, they would have to flee from you in seven different directions. Wah! Like their hair's on fire. The Lord will command his blessing on you in, on your storehouses, that's your bank accounts, and in all that you set your hand unto. And he'll bless you in the land which your God gave you. He'll establish you a holy people unto himself. All the people of the earth will see that you're called by his name and they'll be afraid of you. You'll be plenteous in goods. Sounds like abundance to me. Mm -hmm. Plenteous in goods. Fruit of your body, fruit of your cattle, fruit of your ground, and the land which God gave you. And he'll open up his good treasure unto you from heaven and he'll bless all the work of your hand and you'll lend to many nations and won't borrow. He'll make you the head and not the tail above only and not beneath. Abundance, 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 abundance. Now, Here's my question to you, Doug. Hmm. If Jesus redeemed us from the curses, and because of Jesus, all the blessings come on us, why do Christians live in such scarcity? Hmm. That is a really good question. I mean, I grew up in a missionary's house, so yeah. it was nothing but scarcity in our house. Yeah. Secondhand everything, including our underwear, was donated by somebody else to us when we were growing up. Wow. Secondhand shoes, secondhand, I didn't have any new clothes. Yeah. Secondhand everything. And then you had to make them last. Like my, my kids, they call my dinosaur toes. My toes are curled. They're like in a permanent curl because my shoes were either too big because when we got them, they didn't fit. So I'd have to curl my toes so they wouldn't slide or the shoes would be, we have to wear them until they're too small and then yeah. my toes would be, but either way, my toes are curled up now. Because we're acting like we'll never get another pair of shoes. Missionary, my mom and dad. Yeah. Ministers of the gospel. When I read this, I was like, holy smoke, we ain't living like that. Yeah. 
and I looked around and I don't see many Christians. Even middle class middle class Christians are still operating out of scarcity. They're like scared that stuff's gonna I mean, look at the toilet paper hoard. Right. That wasn't poor people, that wasn't third world country people, that was people in the US. Yeah. Act like the toilet paper like they're not gonna make any more toilet paper. Like they're running out. It's hard to get your head around. But it's really not, because if you look up three <laughs> other verses, he tells you exactly why well, Christians live in life of scarcity instead of abundance. Well, please help us out, because I'm struggling with this. <laughs> why would we live Why would we live like this? Why, do we choose, why would we make that choice consciously so, or subconsciously? Why would we follow what are, Yeah, because you've been taught it, to be honest with you. Galatians 3 and verse 10 says this. Like, look at it in your body. It says, in Andrew's words, it ain't preacher's words. This is God's word. Highlight it. Meditate on it. For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse. Cursed is everyone that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. If you are trying to keep the Ten Commandments, even if you kept all ten of them, you're not doing everything in the book of the law. The books of the law are Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. We talked about this before. The Pharisees, mm -hmm. in order to do the law, the first thing you have to do is know what it is. They would memorize the first five books of the Bible. If there's anything in those five books of the Bible that you're not doing, that's the law. One little thing, if you're not doing it, these curses come on you and overtake you. If that's how you're, if you're not believing that what Jesus did is enough mm. and that he redeemed me from the curse and these blessings are on me and I just trust God, I believe that I don't have to do anything. There's nothing I can do or not do that'll make God like me better. If you're in that spot, the curses will hunt you down. These are specific to believers. Like you would be better off not even being in the covenant if you're not going to just believe Jesus. If you're going to try and keep the Ten Commandments, you set yourself up for scarcity. How many people, I mean, it's just, it's mind-blowing thing, but how many people have no idea what they're doing themselves? They because don't. Because of that. No clue. They don't, no. no. And they think, and the, it's funny, because the harder they work at being, quote, quote, good, mm -hmm. doing their checklist. You know, I don't cuss drink. The bad checklist, I don't cuss drink, smoke, or do, or go out with those that do, and no dancing. <laughs> or the good checklist, I'm, you know, I, I feed the homeless and I give my tithe check, right? Mm -hmm. That's another. If you have to tithe, you're under the works of the law. If you have to tithe, mm -hmm. you're under the works if of the law. Emphasis on have to. Yeah, if you have to. Yeah. You just have to tithe. Oh, God will get me if I don't tithe. If you're you want to, right, that's a different. If you If you want to give to anyone. Yeah. Any ministry, you whatever. Want to. It's an opportunity to give. If you have to, yeah, we talked about it before too. Yeah, yeah. the mindset of if, it's, if you're in bondage in any way. Yeah. If you yeah. you know have to feed the homeless, if you have to volunteer at the nursery, if you have to do your usher, if you have to have to have to anything. And you're saying, if you have to, really, what you're doing is you're trying to justify to make yourself feel better about who you are or who you're who you right. should be. And really, what you're saying is is really the epitome of pride because what you're saying yeah. is what Jesus did isn't enough. Yeah. Because I have to do this stuff in order for God to, get, to be quote, okay right. with God. Yeah. yeah, yeah, to get right with God. But when you do that, these curses that I just read will hunt you down. This is why good people get sick. 
This is why good people can never get ahead. This is why no matter how hard you work, it says uh, in one of the Old Testament prophecies that you keep putting your money in a bag of holes. You get your paycheck, mm. and it seems like it slips through your fingers. You can never get ahead. That's scarcity. It is, yeah. Yeah. That's not who God, God said, hey, man, I'm El Shaddai. Right. I'm the almighty God that's more than enough. Bountiful supply, abundance, ample, plenteous in goods. Blessed coming in, blessed going out. Basket in your store. Make you, you'll have so much that you would lend, not to other people, but you would lend to nations and not borrow. Haven't seen that yet, but I'm on the way. Yeah, I was going to say we... I'm, I'm close to getting there. <laughs> yeah. I'm 13 years closer than when I started with that. Because I read that, I took it a little. Like, well, yeah. then I need to be somebody who's buying the debt of nations. But you've... And you spent time um, in your time in D.C. with uh, with Senator Lieberman, and you 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 know spent time with this like those guys that ortho they take this seriously, right? I mean, this is yeah, they take the law seriously, but then it, I mean, it, but, like, but the blessings, I mean, they they do they take the blessings seriously, but their their problem is they also like are attacked with curses because yeah. they can't keep the law. There's no animal. Yeah. I told them one. I'm like. There's no animal sacrifice anymore. You can't keep the law. Because even if there's there's one piece of the law that I used to, I would use it as such an absurd thing, right? I would I would bring it up because anybody would be like, yeah, I keep the Ten Commandments. And I'm like, why would you? You can't keep all the law. Because what I just read is if you don't keep it all. Yeah. There's a thing in the law called the mikvah bath. It's in Leviticus. Now, if this is a... If you didn't wash your hands after going to the public restroom, you were in violation of the law. Hmm. Now, that's what the mikvah bath is, a place to wash yeah. your hands after you go to the bathroom. Now, if I go to the bathroom and I wash my hands at the rest stop, I'm good. But if you went in and you didn't wash your hands and you shook my hand, you just made me a violation of the I violated the law right. not even knowing it. So then once you'd be like, oh, hey, dude, forgot to wash my hands. I have to go give like a good sheep, not a bad sheep. It's like a, a perfect sheep and then sacrifice that just to make so I'm right oh. with shaking your hand because you didn't wash. Oh, what a jerk. <laughs> There's no way you're going to keep this stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's impossible. That, and that's the whole point of what Jesus said. You yeah. can't keep the law. That's why you got to believe on me. It's impossible for whatever you do. That's why I said your righteousness is as filthy rags. Your equity. You're trying to do stuff to build your own equity with God only leads to scarcity. Mm. So if you're not enjoying abundance in your life, it's because you're probably under the curse of the law if you're a believer. If you're not a believer and you're in scarcity, become a believer and get in the covenant. But God's the God that's more than enough. El Shaddai. Yeah. Abundance. Plenteous in goods. Blessing, blessing, blessing. I'll make you rich. All the families would be blessed. What's interesting, too, is you look at throughout the stories of, of some of these characters, who believed him and who didn't. You know, like, you look at look at Abraham. I mean, that guy, he he was far from perfect. Right, his but, behavior didn't matter, but he believed but God. But he believed God. Right. Right. So everything he did, he was he was he was walking in the fact that God said this, so I'm just gonna go do you know, he said I was gonna be a powerful nation. So and, I'll and go do it. I'm just gonna go do it. You know, then you look at like uh you know, Jacob, who seemed like he was always kind of back and forth and back and forth. Even up to like the the story of, of the children of Israel. Right. Who 
like I said, he he would have led them through the the, the short road to the promised land. It would have taken what like a week or two? Yeah, like three weeks. But he, been, but he knew they, they would go turn back because they didn't believe him. They didn't. And they, didn't, they, still they didn't, didn't know believe him. him. They didn't even know him though, right? Right. They didn't know. Years. But I'm mean, listen, man. If, if if you and I we didn't know each other, and the first thing that I did was like strike your enemies with ten plagues. Oh, and then by the way, on our way out, yeah. I split the ocean, and that's what we walked through. Oh, and then I'm feeding you every day yeah. with man with honey butter. You know those yeast rolls from like you know the I buffet mean, bar. I'm just I'm probably following you on Instagram and Twitter, and, and by know. that point, if you don't know me by now, <laughs> yeah. like come on, man, has anybody else done that stuff? Seriously, for you? I, yeah, I don't know. I mean that that, that was short. I'm giving you water to drink in the desert where there isn't any. Yeah. I'm feeding you, right? I you know so yeah, I it. It's you just can, know because you, in the middle of all that, there's still lack of trust and belief. Right, and that's what, so it's that's what it is. So you, once you trust God, you know you're always going to have abundance. You believe Him. See, because it says in Hebrews 11, like we talked about that with, I think did we hit this verse before? Maybe not. It says in Hebrews 11, um, and verse six. But without faith, it's impossible to please Him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is, and he's a rewarder mm. of them that diligently seek him. So we could say the opposite. If you, you know, without, or if you, if you didn't, if you have faith, then you please him. Because without faith, it's impossible to please him. With faith, you please him. Oh, and by the way, you got to believe that he's a rewarder. Well, rewarder sounds like abundance to me, not scarcity. Right. He's not going to reward you with like an empty freezer. He's not going to reward you with you don't have anything. He's not going to reward you with you have lack or poverty. He's not going to reward. That's not a reward. Mm. Yeah, that um <laughs> it's it's almost like uh we just have this selective memory of what we're willing to right. It's all there. It's all all it's all right there. Yeah. It's so not even hiding in plain sight. It's right there. It's yet. every page. Well, you, yeah. you said we want to yeah. talk about abundance. I'm like, well, I don't really have. I mean, it's every scripture. Yeah. It's throughout from Genesis to Revelation. It's abundance. It's extra. It's ample. It's bountiful. Even in the middle of the desert, these people were getting, you know, these yeast, honey butter rolls, manna mm-hmm. and water. Then they go complain that they're, you know, we're, we don't get any meat. He sent 105 million, if you do the math, 105 million quail. So that they had, they, it says it was coming out of their nostrils. They had so many. And think about this. How are you going to get that many birds to land in the middle of the desert? And just fall on them. Yeah. Here's your, it's like, you know, Canish, uh, Cornish game hens, you know, it's like. <laughs> All right. It's always ample. It's always extra. God's always over the top. Yeah. More than enough. I'm El Shaddai. I'm the God that's more than enough. That's what El Shaddai. I'm the God that's more than Not just enough. I'm more than enough. That's how he first introduced himself to Abraham in the covenant line. But we, we operate out of scarcity mindset. It's because we don't know him and we don't really believe him. What can we do to, if we're on, maybe we're on that track. Maybe we're, we find ourselves in a situation or in life where 
we're struggling to see him as the God that's more than enough. What can we do to maybe begin to experience that? What would be the some some things we can? Well, let's see. Why start? why would you not believe that? First off, and it's because you've been taught that, right? Either by experience mm-hmm. or by those around you. We've been taught. We've been programmed since we were little to have a scarcity mindset. That's why it works. Right. You've been taught from the time that you were two that there's not an uh, endless supply of anything. Right. Like, turn the light off when you leave the room. Yeah. Money doesn't grow on trees. Yeah, all that stuff. All that stuff. Right. So that's all those things that you've been programmed from the beginning to believe that there's, you know, we're running out of fresh water. Don't leave the water running. Yeah. Uh, You know, we're almost out of milk or we're out of milk. Oh, where the gas is empty. We got to go stop by and get, get right because our whole life is built on scarcity of running out. The only way is you then you've been feeding on that. You, every mm. show you watch on TV, every advertisement, everything that you read in the newspaper, it's all fear and scarcity. There's nothing that you're going to read other than the Word of God, something based in the Word that's going to give you love and abundance. So you got to start feeding on the word. Like, what are you listening to? Like, listening to this podcast, it should you pump you up. Yeah. Instead of watching the news feed of whatever the next protest is or the next yeah. disaster or the next hurricane or the next tornado or the next... It's all like, those are all fear and scarcity-based things. Get off your social media feed. It's not going to help you. Right. So if you really are struggling with this, yeah, start listening to this podcast, the Catalog of Truths, get all the clock stuff. Anything that would build your faith, build your trust, and how do you build trust in somebody? When you first met your wife, Doug, how did you build trust with her? We spent time together. Right. We went out, got to know each other. I listened. <laughs> I and, listen much and, talk. and talked and yeah, yeah. found out what her food, favorite foods were, right. what foods she didn't like, what she does like, what she doesn't like. Same thing with God. Yeah. I think we talked about this before. Like when my kids buy me a gift, they ask me, what do you, what do you want, Dad? Right. Find out what it is that I want. Just with my kids. Before I give them a gift, I find out what they want. It's the same thing. We're built in his image. Mm-hmm. He, you know, we're, we're a God-class being. We act just like he acts. It's built into us. Yes, after the fall, there's all the evil list. He doesn't do the evil. So anything that's good in your life, he even said that. He said, hey, I mean, your earthly fathers give you good gifts. How much more would I be? I'm, I'm, right. I'm better than your earthly father. I'm better than your earthly parents. If you want to do good stuff for your kids at Christmas or your parents did good stuff for you at Christmas, now you're tapping into how God, was there an yeah. you know, abundance? Yeah. Yes, that's he wants to give good stuff. So it, how you get to know him is spend time in his word. Spend time with other people that know him. Like I'll bet... Uh, did you ask uh, your wife's any? Did you meet any of her friends and her family? Yeah, yeah. that knew her. Yeah. Did you like have any conversations about her when you were first dating her? A little bit. Yeah, because you're finding out. Yeah. From other people that know her. Oh, I know that person. Right. How many has that happens at the grocery store? Oh yeah, they were making a connection. Oh yeah, I went to school with you. Oh yeah, we. And now we're talking. Right, we're getting to know each other. Right. By people that know them, it's the same thing. This is so easy. It's just not even hard. When you put it like that, it makes a lot of sense. But stop hanging out, people. If I, somebody that doesn't know me, don't listen to what they're saying. So you go to church and you're listening to a minister that has no idea who God is, 
And I know that sounds brutal, but if they're not teaching you God's El Shaddai more than enough, Mm -hmm. and all these blessings come on you, and the reason that you don't have to deal with the curses is because what Jesus did is enough. Stop trying to do your checklist. Stop trying to write your tithe check to make everything all better. Stop trying to volunteer in the nursery. They don't know God. Paul said that. He said, if anybody preaches a different Jesus than I preached, run from them. Mm -hmm. Paul preached that Jesus, by you know, that we're healed because of his stripes. Right. He's preached that we would be rich because Jesus became poor so that we could be rich. He preached that that he wished above all things, as John, I wish above all things that uh, you'd be in health and prosper. Even in my, Jesus, Paul said, if it's another Jesus than that, which we've preached, run. If you're not getting riches, honor, and life, that's what your Father wants for you. If you're not getting all the promises or yes and amen. Oh, by the way, you're an equal partner with the Godhead. Oh, by the way, you can walk and live in power. You could walk in divine health and healing and lay, lay hands on the sick and they would recover. That's the Jesus that was preached by Paul, John, Peter, Silas, Apollos, Barnabas, Mark, Timothy, Titus, the founding fathers of the church. If you're not hearing that, they don't know their father. God's not their God. They're preaching a false gospel. I know that's not popular, but that might be why you don't have the faith and the trust that God is full of abundance and ample and extra. Well, I think you made it real, real simple there is, is look at <laughs> look at the fruit of your life, right? Because you can tell a good fruit from a good tree is yeah. fed and nurtured and taken care of. It, it's, it's, you know, you're not going to, probably not going to get good apples if you water them with, uh, what was that movie where they, uh, they watered everything with Gatorade. Well, it was like their version of Gatorade. Um, idiocracy. I feel like we're living it now. Oh. Uh, but they, <laughs> yeah, they, they, they water, they water yeah. everything with Gatorade, like the, their version of Gatorade. And they wonder why like, the plants aren't living. If they're in a dust bowl and a famine. And it's like, well, maybe you should use water. <laughs> yeah, well, how about that? <laughs> but, so, we, you know, I'm making light of it. But what you're saying is that what you're, what you're taking in, what you're feeding on, um, that's, gonna, that's really what's going to produce Obviously, that's uh, right. So Matthew know. seven, Jesus says this is his words, not mine. And uh, start verse fifteen. He said, "Beware of false prophets, which come to you in sheep's clothing, so they look like they're awesome, but inwardly they're ravening wolves. And you'll know them by their fruits. Do men gather thorns, grapes of thorns, or figs of thistles? Every tree, every good tree, verse seventeen, brings forth good fruit. Remember what good is: beauty, mm-hmm. bounty, better. That's all abundance." Mm-hmm. But a corrupt tree or an evil tree brings forth evil fruit, adversity, affliction, lack, scarcity. So if your life is being, if you're producing scarcity in your life, you're not a good tree. Mm-hmm. You're not around somebody that's been teaching you how to ha- produce good fruit. So, like you said, stop watering it with Gatorade, right? Get the water of the word. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can an evil tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that brings forth good fruit that doesn't bring forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruits you shall know them. So again, just like faith without works is dead. I don't care what you tell me you believe. Mm -hmm. I can just look at your life and what you're doing, what you're producing in your life tells me what you believe. Right. If you believe that God's, you know, good and beautiful and bountiful and better and the best, happy, welfare, cheerful, glad, lighthearted, willing, right, health and prosperity, riches, abundance— your life's going to produce that. Right. 
And what you just described there is like the, the, the kind of the covenant-keeping mentality or mindset. Correct. Right. That you're, you choose to live on, you know, the ponderosa, the covenant, if, right. if you will, where you know that you'll be provided for, where you're safe, you have peace, you have everything. Healing, all, all your great pottery, barn furniture. <laughs> right. Everything, nothing missing, nothing broken. Correct. That's a target. And, and you can go wherever you want. You can right. go off. But all those things belong, you know, on the, the inside the boundaries of, of the com- of, of, of the, the covenant. covenant, right? Yeah. And so you could be listening to, and it's sad that you that I say because I've been brought up in church, but so much garbage is coming out of church. So like it's an admixture. Of a good lie is something that's mostly true, and has an admixture of what's false. Yeah. There's so much of this scarcity mindset that's being preached from the pulpits. And the, the ministers have it because that's why they're asking you, manipulating you, and begging you yeah. for your money yeah. because they think they're going to run out. So they're not really believing God for money. If they were, they wouldn't be hitting you up for yours. Right. Right. And stop, And they use God at the end of the hook to try and manipulate you. It's scarce. If they're, if they're talking scarcity, oh, we got the, you know, the mortgage payments coming out. Oh, we got to pay the bills. Oh, we got to. That's a scarcity mindset. If you are, if that's what you're saying in your house, oh, the bills are coming up. I don't know how I'm going to make the car payment. Oh, the mortgage. That's a scarcity mindset. Where did you learn that? Yeah. If you didn't learn it from your father, if you're in the covenant, because he's El Shaddai, the God that's more than enough. Let's look real quick at. Do you have in front of you the um, uh, love? We kind of touched on it last week. The de- oh yeah, the, the part because I mean the, the, this is really the we we. We talked a couple episodes back about the symptoms of faith. Yeah. Right. These these are almost like the symptoms of of love. These these actions really it reflects a mindset. Like you said, I think in the last episode about this, love's not a feeling. It's a collection. It's it's actions. Right. Yeah, right. It's a mindset or, or mindset. Yeah. So let's. This is this is really if we're going to have a covenant mindset rooted in in love and abundance. This th- is it. This needs to be at the forefront of everything that we do. Absolutely. And the first thing is, and it's out of 1 Corinthians 13. Read it. Paul wrote yeah. it. I, you know, yeah. If you've it been en- to a wedding, you've heard this. Yeah, right. If you've been to a wedding. <laughs> it endures bravely. That means you don't cut and run. You don't buckle with cowardice. It's useful and kind. Didn't say it was nice. It said it was useful yeah. and kind. Jesus wasn't nice, but he was very kind and useful. It's not in competition with anybody. It behaves properly. It's not easily stirred up. Listen, if you get on your social media feed and you're stirred up by scarcity, like, oh, my gosh, they're running out of toilet paper. Oh, meat prices are going up. Oh, my God. You're not walking in love. That should be a red, a red flag for you, a yeah. clue that you're not walking in love and abundance will not follow if you're easily stirred up. It says that David, it says in Psalms that he never saw a righteous person, a person in covenant begging bread. I'm not going, I listen, I guarantee you, if, if God could create manna and bring in quail in the middle of the desert and have water out of a rock, I'm not worried about whether I'm going to get fed or not because mm. I'm in covenant. We got a deal. It doesn't take inventory of evil. I'm not looking at my life, and this is what complaining is, and looking at everything that I don't have. Doug, let me ask you this. Is the glass half full or half empty? Are you a half full or half empty guy? Man, 
I used to be half empty. I had to work hard and change my mindset to become more looking at what I have. So it, I tell me to, about that. Yeah. So give me what what is your process? Um, what's half empty look like? Or that's what. What are you same, looking at? The thing is, it's the same thing. It's the same amount of liquid it's in the, the same, in the, right, in the glass. Six ounces in a twelve ounce glass. Right. But when you're walking in love, when I say it's half full, what it, what I'm half full is that I'm looking at what I have what in my you hand. Have. And how can I use what I have right. to my best possible advantage? But if you're if you're looking at that, you're looking if you're looking for a scarcity mindset, you're looking at the at the air at the top. Right. What I don't missing, have. What you don't have. And that's taking inventory yeah. of evil. All my lack. Yeah. Anything I don't have. And what I've always found is that that brought about more frustration. Yes. And dissatisfaction and worry. <laughs> it's a downward spiral. Right. Which produces more scarcity. Right. It shields from anything that threatens, has faith and confidence in any and all circumstances. It refuses to give up, refuses to quit in any and all circumstances. It never cuts and runs. It's not fearful. It's not timid. It doesn't allow others to be threatened. It's not easily stirred up or emotional. What's really cool about this, just how, just how deep, how, how, how comprehensive this is, but for, for folks out there that maybe are trying to get their head around God's character and who he is, John says, and is it first John or he says it, that God is love. Yeah. So you could replace instead of agape, you could say Love, you know, love is kind. Love is. You say God, God endures is. bravely. Put God in front of all those yeah. things. Where you see, where you God see endures bravely. He does. He's useful and kind. He's not in competition with anybody. That makes sense. Lucifer was in competition. Right. God dominates all of five seconds. Right. Uh, God behaves properly. He's not easily stirred up. We know that. He doesn't take inventory of evil. It says his face is against evil. He can't even look at evil. He can't even look at adversity, affliction, and calamity. Yeah. And great, great. He turns his head. He turns his back on it. He shields anything from threat. He does that for us. He shields yeah. us from anything that threatens. Yeah. He's confident. You don't think God's confident in any and all circumstances? Of course. Oh, he's like, oh, no, this is a big one. They're asking me to heal the cancer. <laughs> Warts on a foot I can handle, but not yeah. the cancer. I could get a pimple done. He's probably really stressed about COVID, by the way, too. Yeah, probably COVID's like freaking him out. So there's <laughs> everything, you know, all this stuff. Oh, my gosh. They're going to repeal the tax cut. <laughs> He refuses to give up in any all circumstances. I mean, this is all just like yeah. once you know him and you're like, no one would say that God's not confident in any and all circumstances, but you don't believe that he'd be confident in your circumstances. Right. Right. But if you, people you don't believe know God story. can do everything. Yeah. God can do anything <laughs> he wants, but I'm not sure he wants to do it for me. Yeah. And that's where you see, look over here in like, um, Psalm 18. We got time for this? Sure. Because I always say the covenant is reciprocal. If you're in covenant with him, you're 100% all in, right? If you're in with him, he's got to be 100% all in with you. So whatever you put into the covenant is what he's allowed legally mm. to give back to you. So if you believe that your glass is half empty. If you believe that God can't do it for you, then he can't. 
If you believe in, that's going to be scarcity in your life, you're going to get scarcity. He can't do anything other than what you believe. Remember, without faith, it's impossible to believe God. Mm-hmm. Whatever you're, according to your faith, be it unto you. Whatever mm-hmm. you believe. So if you look here in Psalm 18, in verse 24, Therefore hath the Lord recompensed me or paid me back according to my righteousness. And remember the word righteousness is equity or denotes whoever's in a covenant. Okay. So, because Abraham believed God, it was accounted to him for righteousness. That's the covenant. The word righteousness is equity. And he, you see, Job was never called righteous, right? Because he wasn't in covenant, right? That's a little an, known, right? It's not. Yeah, we, we may, He was an upright man, yeah, but he wasn't in covenant. He didn't have yeah. any covenant protection. There was no agreement with God. Yeah. I mean, actually, God was illegally, if you will, blessing Job when Satan called him on it, right? So. Here it is. God pays me back according to my covenant and according to the cleanness of my hands in his eyesight. With the merciful, he will show himself merciful. So if I show mercy to others, I show mercy, then he can show me mercy. Forgive, and it'll be forgiven. The same measure that I give, it'll be given back to me, right? That I've, right. So here's reciprocal. Pay me back on my covenant based on if I show mercy, you'll give me mercy. With the upright man, you'll show yourself upright. With the pure, you show yourself pure. With the froward, and froward just means that you are perverted mm. or you're twisted. Well, really what it is is you're settling for less. Okay. Scarcity. Okay. Froward. I'm scared. Because you, if you pervert abundance, what's the perversion of yeah. abundance? It's less. Right. <laughs> Scarcity. So with the froward, you will show yourself froward. If you're perverse, that's what God can show himself. So you legally, if you're going to live in scarcity, if you're going to live in doing you know, your checklist, if you're going to live under the curse, God can only meet you where you're at. If that's where you want to live, he'll meet you there, but that's all he legally can do. It's totally reciprocal. But what you're saying is that it's 100% up to you. It's all up to you. Because he's not he, He's not changing. Right. <laughs> he is who he is. He's Right. So here's the deal. When, when God went into covenant with Abraham, he said, I'm El Shaddai, the God yeah. that's more than enough. 100%. I'll bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you. It's up to Abraham when he receives those blessings or experiences them in life because he, he, he believes God, but then he gets up and tries to do his own thing by sleeping with his maid yeah. and has a kid out of wedlock with her, Ishmael. Yeah. Then he gets emotionally attached to him, and then it's another 15 years go by before God's like, hey, what are you doing? I thought we, you know, we were having a thing here. Yeah. You, know, you were not believing me now. Are you? So then, right, so this whole thing, by the time God starts in Genesis 12, by the time Isaac is here, He's 75 when God meets him, 99 or 100 when Isaac's born. So it's like 25 years. That's all on Abraham's end. Because as soon as Abraham got in faith, when he actually believed God, it was within three months Sarah was pregnant with Isaac. So he could have skipped 25 years of nonsense. Right, right. Because God can only do what you let him do. People are like, well, God's sovereign. He can do anything he wants. Yeah. No. No, yeah. God's sovereign. Only You know what the... uh, the kingdom means king's domain. That means the domain. That's where the king has authority. 
The kingdom of God, he says, is within you. He only has authority where you let him. He only has dominion in your life. And you know that because he's not making you. If, if he was, he'd make you get healed right now because Jesus took stripes on his right. back so that you'd be He'd make you get healed right now. Right. He'd make you live in abundance right now. So if we're, if we're not experiencing that, it means because we are providing some sort of resistance Correct. to that. The self-limiting belief. When we talk about thoughts, mm-hmm. imaginations, and strongholds, self-limiting yeah. belief. You're yeah. limiting God in your life. He, he, listen, he is, it says he's looking to and fro all around the earth to find somebody that he could show himself strong to. He's looking for anybody that would believe him. Remember, he's a rewarder to those that believe him. This is why you're not experiencing abundance because you don't really believe. I, I, I can't even get people to even say that God wants them to be rich or wants them to have abundance because so you can't well, get your head around rich. Like, so how about abundance? But look at like if you're a good if you're a if you're a parent on earth here. In other cultures, it may be different. You've been to other places and you've seen it's not like this. But in America, we have this part of our culture almost that we want our kids to have a better life of than we course. do. Of course. I mean, like, that may not be the case everywhere, but like... It's pretty much built into like normal humans. Yeah. So if it's built in, if, if you can experience, if you're a parent and, and you can experience that here on earth towards your kids, that's exactly how he's feeling that's about you. Right. Absolutely. He wants you to have a better life. And, and whatever you can think and imagine, he he can do more. Right. This is like so. I, I yeah. It's totally up to you whether you want to have yeah. a life of abundance or one of scarcity. Live in a life of fear or live in a life of love. Hmm. Well, it's cool. The choice is ours, and and um, I think we'll probably dig a little deeper into this next time. I mean, I think we're just kind of scratching the surface. All the covenant covenant oh, mindset. Man. You know, um, I think this is really where. Where it starts to get fun. Um, I know personally when I got a hold of this, it changed my life, and I've never looked back. Same. Um, yeah. I mean, I was brought up on the opposite, right? Yeah. And I'm looking at this in the Bible. I'm like, this is not yeah. how it is here. This is like what the term good news right. means. But let me say this, right? So <laughs> this is what happens to my, my son said about his generation. The people that saw, the, they see that it's whatever church is right now is not working, like all these millennials and Gen Zers. They're turning atheists because they're like, that ain't real. I mean, I saw another, like a Christian rock star or whatever, yeah, and, he's yeah, not, and this yeah. author. It's because they know that there's a disconnect, but they're not getting the cu- They're not getting the truth. Yeah. So what they're doing is throwing everything out because yeah. that's not... I didn't do that because I remember I, my choice was like, I believe that the Bible, whatever's in here, I believe it, no matter what man says, even though I was surrounded by and brought up and programmed to believe that it was scarcity and fear all the time. When I saw it in the Word... I asked him, all right, Holy Spirit, teach me this. Yeah. Where am I? What am I missing? Where's this? I don't want to see it. And he'll tell you instead of just saying, no, I don't believe any of it. Do you see the difference? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, buddy, I appreciate that. That was good. I know we're just scratching the surface here, but um, thank you all for joining us. This has been episode 14. Uh, If you have questions, hit us up at logosuncovered at gmail.com or hit us up individually, um, Andrew and Doug. And um, we will catch you next time. Bye for now.